It's August, or at least it is when we're recording this, and August means RPG a day. Or in our case, more like RPG a minute. Yeah, this is going to be our um, our equivalent to Ken and Robin's lightning round, though without the crash boom. We're not doing crash boom between between entries, are we? We we need to uh, rebuild the house each time. It's, it's terribly expensive. They, they won't insure me anymore. Well, I can understand that, especially since the last time. However, uh, we're going to uh, rush through it. This time, it's not so much questions as one word to spark an idea. And we hope we have enough ideas for 31 entries. Well, perhaps one each for, for each idea. Anyway, let us begin with... First. First. Now, the obvious one there is my first game experience, but we've talked about that before, I think, both of us. Yeah, and, and the second most obvious one is the is what should be person's first game, but I think we've done that as well. Um, how about this? The first thing I think about when I start a role-playing game varies. Sometimes it's just, I want to do something with this game system. Sometimes it's I want to take an idea um, from another game system which I didn't think worked terribly well and do it right. And sometimes it's just I want to take this setup um, and let them run with it. And I think that's the one that works best for me. If I say, here's the initial setup, where do you go from here? That works best, I think, as an opening. Mm. Uh, but but there are, are other things. Where do you take Sparks from? I think for the campaigns I've, I've run that have succeeded, uh, it's very much... There, there's got to be a hook. There's got to be a specific thing that this game is going to be about. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean that every adventure is about it. It doesn't mean that the players' characters are built with that in mind. It may not even be revealed to the players up front. But it's the driving point of this, this, is, this is why we're running this game rather than some other game. This is a thing that ideally could only happen in this game. Or at least could only happen in this way in this game. Um, so the, the recent uh, occult investigation in the in 1930s was inspired in part with similar things to what you said about a thing not working in another setting. Um, Barbara Hamley's Daughters of the Raven, Sisters of the Moon. Uh, two fantasy novels. And the basic idea there is men's magic is failing and women's magic is gaining strength. Yeah, I remember reading it. Vaguely remember reading it. Uh, I think you recommended it to me. Oh, gosh. Uh, you, you, with an appropriate broad broad value, I'd recommend. Um, but, I, but I wanted to do something based on that. And so... What what we have is a bu- a bunch of women are getting magical powers and learning how to use them. But there's also the whole uh, the, the culture in which you know the Married Women's Property Act is is still within living memory, and women have only recently got the vote. And in part because a lot of the games I've run have tended to drift into we are cooperating with the authorities slash we are the authorities, I wanted to see what would happen when the authorities are basically not go- ever going to take you seriously for reasons you're not able to do anything about. I have to mention the, da- the danger of going with a thing that finds you you find interesting, uh, which is you run into the fact that your players don't. Mm. 
there's also the problem when your players think it's about one thing and you think it's about about another. But yeah, you do have to have a core. I'm not sure the core has to be more than than a tone or um, a feeling of genre. But you do have to have a core of what this what this is going to be about. Otherwise, why would you bother to go to all that trouble? Yeah, particularly if, as we tend to, you're, you're effectively building your own setting rather than running in something that somebody else has written. Uh, it's it's a lot of work. It, it might as well be in favour in support of something one, one feels is worth doing. Can you change the, the 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 thing that it's about partway through? I mean, have you? Mm. Well, then I think it would become a sequel and, and should be regarded as such. I mean, I, I would much rather finish off what what I have, what can usefully be said about the original thing before going on to the new thing. Yeah, I think that's probably that's probably true too. And I, I, I've read a lot of bad sequels in linear fiction that are basically, we really enjoyed the last book and people bought it, so we want to make another one. Uh, but the the core thing, whatever it was, was dealt with in the last book. So either there's a new thing which feels forced, or you say, well, it wasn't really dealt with, which devalues the previous book. And it, it, it doesn't often go well, in, in, I think, in games either. Yeah, um, and in, in some TV series have extended themselves past their, um, their, their actual viable lifestyle, just on popularity of, of, the, set, of the actors and their, and their chem- chemistry. Though I think something in the Buffy mould of there is a season theme or a season big bad or however you want to look at it is, is not a terrible way of approaching this. So so you say, okay, this 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 first thing has a limited lifespan, but we we've got replacement things lined up. That that would work, I think. Okay, onward to the next thing. Unique. Ugh. Well I thought about talking in praise of the one unique thing in thirteenth age and the idea that in a freeform sort of a way you give each player character something that he is and nobody else in the world else in the world is okay so niche protection taken to a higher level well no, just making just making sure that there is going to be a theme or something um a, a, a storyline that involves them exclusively that's going to have to be doesn't have to be, but is likely to be developed for uh, for uh, in the in the rest of the campaign, and mm-hmm. it tells the, the GM in a, a very fierce and direct way what the uh, what the player expects to come up in the in the campaign. What he he thinks the cool thing he could he and nobody else can do. Apologies for um, apologies for uh, sexism and uh, lack of lack of um, proper. Use of neutral pronouns in that. Did you have anything unique? Um, well, the the approach I took was a slightly different one in that I'm I'm realising that I have I'm probably in the process of running the best campaign I will ever run because I don't see how I'm ever going to do a better one. Uh, hey, hey, Roger, you can you can you can cripple yourself thinking that. But, yeah, but the the World War Two game has had so many things, yeah. many of which are not me combining to make it a really good game yeah that you know and it's lasted for 10 years true and i i would not be surprised if i if i never do another campaign this big or this long or this 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 deep yeah i know um and it was and it wasn't even a deliberate choice 
you fell into it? Uh, Steve Jackson Games were selling off the GURPS World War II books cheap when 4th edition came out. All right. <laughs> I have campaigns I look back back on, but as I look back on my old old love affairs, I do not say to myself, I will never have, I try, do my best not to say to myself, I will never have anything as good as that again, because <laughs> it's not, uh, it not liable to make you cheerful to get up in the morning. I think what I'm trying to do in game terms is not try to imitate it. I mean, the ob- the obvious thing one might try after the World War Two game would be a World War One game, uh, but I don't think it would work if I tried. No, I think I think you need to find something with as grand a po- set of possibilities, but without without the specific issues. I mean, do you feel any, any need to do? Will you feel that you only need to do another Magic Returns to the World game after this, or have you chewed over everything there is to be chewed? Mm, not saying I won't, but I, I would want a different twist on it. I mean, ju- just as the um, 1930s game is, is a different twist on it. Mm. Except for the dragons. The dragons are pretty much universal. You can't, al- you can't always have dragons, you know. I, I, I restrain my... No, but if there are dragons in the game, I know how they work. Well, that's fair enough. I, I, I tend to make my dragons um, mysterious and irrita- irritating background figures because, for the same reason as gods, really, though, um, uh, because, uh, because you don't want to get them stomping too hard on on the game, except when you do. Hmm. Yeah, a, a, a dragon in, in my settings is not something you go out to fight with sword and shield. No. Well, no, not more than once anyway, and very briefly. But personally, I, I think, think uh, surface-to-air mi- uh, missiles are, are a more likely uh, uh, source of victory in that particular case. Yum. Let's pass up. Uh, what's next? Engage. Yeah. Sometimes it is very difficult to keep players engaged. I mean, all of them, all at the same time. I, I've i not fu- furiously forbidden people um, from using uh, their remote devices at the table because I tend to use my remote device to look things up when, I, when I'm with other people and I've not taken their mobile phones away by, by edict. They've got families, goddammit. But sometimes... I don't know. I, I'm, wor- I'm working hard and I'm pushing stuff out and they've decided not to be an audience and this is difficult. The trick I find hard, hard to work is that some, some of my players give me good feedback and say, I like this and I don't like that. Yeah. And that's great. And some of my players just say, I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't like anything else and never give me anything positive. And it, it's very hard to accommodate both lots and basically if I get one player of each sort I'm going to accommodate player number one because I've got some idea of what he's enjoying I've I've got some idea of why he's coming back yeah um, I have a player who is coming back despite the fact he doesn't really enjoy the game system I think think it may be that he feels he's coming back to a Glorantha game where it's his first Glorantha game and it's the other player's umpteenth Glorantha game, and he feels a little intimidated. I'm trying to make sure that doesn't happen, but mm. it, it is difficult. It is difficult for him, and we had to say to him, "Look, is this actually a problem?" Um, and, he, and when faced, he said, "Yeah, well, it is a bit. Yeah, 
mm. I've been in a game like that with with a bunch of old hands, and yes, it's possible, but it's tricky. There is there is more friction than there might otherwise be. Yeah, um, yeah, more. There's more shorthand going on between the other players than than his, and he doesn't. I don't think he responds well to the to the scope of what uh, the, the latest RuneQuest is forcing people to do, which is fairly high level and uh, fairly. Um, Heroic sort of stuff. I'm not sure I entirely like everything that the new quest is doing, but the other players seem to be going with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't know. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to be the, the the GM who nags his players. I think it's just it's just not on. And I, I certainly don't want to find myself saying, "Look, you're playing my game wrong." Because if I ever feel like that, I should just write a book. Yeah, quite. Um, and you have written a book, so you know, fair enough. Uh, you, you've got a stage further than I have in this. I haven't got it published, matey. Share, share. Yeah, let me share a story with you. I was leaving uh, my friend Hartley's place after a Monday evening meeting. Um, it was late at night, and one of his neighbours came up and said, "Excuse me, could you tell me what it is you do?" on Monday evenings. <laughs> so I explained um, I've explained I explained to him what role playing games were and what we did and he said, Oh, thank you. I've been living here for thirty years and I've always wondered. <laughs> okay. Terrible thing being British, but I felt Alright, alright, that's 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 not really a good um, example, is it? Um, I felt I should share the joy with him. I don't know how we do share the joy with people who aren't um, in it. I think that there comes a point when it's it's not really practical to um, push the art of people who aren't. Um, it, it'd be like going around and imposing opera on people. But yeah, I yeah. Well, I, I've I've heard of one case. No, no, to, no. To be fair, it was the Ride of the Valkyries. Um, when my wife is living next door to a very noisy student house. She put the Ride of the Valkyries on auto repeat and went out. That that's that's not sharing. That's urban warfare. Eh. It's it's all a matter of perspective. Um, the the thing I think a completely different uh, trigger from from this word is I am trying to share little bits of game that might be useful to other people, um, and obviously. There's, there's a lot of free stuff out there. Just look through drive through RPG. But in, in, in a small way, I'm, I'm trying to say, okay, I've, I've created this thing. It might be useful. I'm, I will now put it up on my blog or on tekeli.ly or the, there's a new channel I'm working on at the moment, which we will announce in the future when it's actually happened. Um, and I'm just trying to say, okay, here, here is a thing. Maybe it'll be useful. Maybe it won't. But I'm not going to uh, scavenge and scrimp and try to try to get 50p off you. It's yours. Um, the Grognov Files uh, announced, when I listened to their, their last podcast about Blake 7, um, announced that they wanted, for next year's um, uh, Grogzine, people to dig out the, the stuff that they had produced for games in the, in the long ago and just share it with people and show, here's something cool that I made... Um, uh, when I was young and, and active and creative, and as it happens, I've been through my pile of memorabilia underneath my bed uh, recently, and I came across the map 
I did for my first campaign and the map of the uh, of the original map for the uh, RuneQuest scenario I got published in White Dwarf, but I'm desperately embarrassed by them. I, <laughs> I don't mind sharing my ideas, but my artwork is really, really dreadful. Um, I have very little of my early paper stuff left, so... Well, I, I, I've got... I've got my uh, one of my early, um, I think going back to the 80s, um, campaign journals, but it's in my handwriting, you know, and that, that is really not a thing to be rejoiced at, honestly. Does it seem familiar to you? I can read it, but... No, no I, don't, I don't mean legible, I mean, does it, does it seem like something you might have written? I, I'm just thinking of the, the standard programmer's experience... Which is what? What idiot wrote this code? Oh right, that was me six months ago. So, oh no, no, this it's a lot neater than what I produce nowadays. Note: What the hell will she turn snake away since the little Where snake-like anthropy is not contagious, it says here. That's me thinking in advance. That is, that's, I wish I, I wish I'd thought about that. Well, I got the priest bit in the um, <laughs> in, in the in the uh, eleven hundred campaign. Uh, having 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 a a a, 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 a a parish priest who turns into wolf three nights a week um, and gets tempted by lady werewolves is is was a terrible complication. Though I as think long as they're not Sunday nights or holy days. Yeah. Well, this is true. This is what you need curates for: uninfected curates. Yeah, this looks like something I created. In fact, it's probably um, it's probably the ancestor of all my. Uh... Oh no! This this is a this is a Gerps Hahn campaign. My word! Yeah. I've done this. Oh my life! Mm. Start with a local rumours list and then see how they go. <laughs> Reconcile price lists. Oh dear me. Yeah, it, it 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 shows a great deal more dedication than I have nowadays. That I actually thought, let's reconcile the price lists. Nowadays, I just um, dear me. Oh, anyway, maybe I maybe I'll dig out some good stuff out of there and send it to the grog pod. You never know. Ah, let's see, space, the final frontier. Well, that's that's certainly the way I think of it. It. it Science fiction and space games tend to be my preferred setting over over fantasy or contemporary, and, then, and you tend to be a lot more um, gritty um, and worried about. The- well, yeah, because because the next part of that is I, I want if I'm running a game that is set in space or in a space firing society, I want to I want the stories that happen in that to be ones that will mostly only happen in that sort of society. Um. What are they? Though? All right, I'm, I'm not particularly a fan of Star Wars, but the the particular objection I have to it here is that a lot of it could work as a western, or indeed could work as a samurai epic, and that that's been discussed at great length. But that that to me means if you have a spaceship, it's not just you get in and you press the button and you're somewhere else. It's okay. You spend some time aboard the spaceship. It it needs people fixing it. It needs people piloting it. Mm, yeah, but in modern in modern um, in mo- modern stories, you don't you don't worry about being on the on the on the aircraft that much. Or the well, except for the occasional hijacking. Yeah, you know, yeah, or, or or the occasional terrible accident. 
there is a, is such a thing as as literature set on uh, cruise ships, I suppose. Uh, I'm not sure I'd want to read it. Well, um, when, when the science fiction series has a story set aboard a, a oh, I don't know, say a space liner, which most series do sooner or later, I find it often works quite well. You've, you've got a usefully confined environment. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, yes, yeah, I, I do take your point. Um, I, I, I like to use the spacey things about the setting. Yeah. The, a settled Battlestar Galactica was all about living... Um, in very cramp- a series of very cramped quarters and, and mm-hmm. running away through space. Um, what I said about this, what I, I occurred to me about this, was um, that I, I tend to focus, I like two sorts of space settings. One's the early days of space exploration, when you're going out and discovering what's out there and, and what... What all the those new what strange new strange new worlds are going to mean to your uh, culture, culture and civilization, mm-hmm. and the other is a, is a very Ruritanian um, uh, high space opera set around the galactic court um, with with people dueling with with lightsabers and, um, uh, and and conspiracy amongst the amongst the noble houses and uh, and. Uh, Ancient cults of telepaths going around and manipulating things. Um, I've, I've never done a game like that. I wouldn't mind sometime. Oh, thinking about it from time to time, but it, it's it would be very it would be something that rain might be useful for, or you could mm-hmm. possibly probably do it slightly better with GURPS and all the uh, social engineering stuff. But it's going to be about um, spying and conspiring and. Doing things with an awful amount of style, uh, much of which uh, will involve uh, fluffy uniforms and uh, ball gowns. Sometimes on the same person. Uh, knowing more about them than they know about you. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully knowing more about them than they know about you. I don't know why those those two possibilities appeal to me. Um, possibly because I've not seen them done terribly well recently. Hmm. Okay. Uh... Ancient. Um. Yeah, I. The the Sumeria, and the other great Middle Eastern powers that came right at the start, the first, the first cities. That's what I want to get when I think of ancient civilizations. Not not necessarily Greece or even Egypt, but something big, blocky, and in the middle of some very dry land. And uh, with um, with uh, with uh, uh, pe- men with large beards, um, and relate and uh, and the ambition to become immortal and that sort of thing. I loved in a wicked age, um, which is a very weird low prep game for that reason, because that was um, the feeling that you got um, of it: gods and demons and. Uh, and, 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 and desert and, and strange and desperate stories. And I probably ought to uh, think about Sorcerers of uh, Turak as well. Um, and see, see if I can give that a try. I'm not entirely sure it's my sort of thing. But I like the idea of the setting. Yeah, when, when I was at school, ancient and classics and so on meant, meant um, 
Greece and Rome, and grudgingly you you might admit Egypt. But I but I agree those older ones are. Yeah, I partly because less known, but cer- certainly I think less used in games. Um, perhaps because less known, perhaps because lower tech. I don't know. It's certainly something. The the only thing that really occurs to me using them much is the uh, madness dossier. Yes, that's true, but that that's more about um, existential and cosmic horror than uh, than anything else. Reality is a lie, but it's got a Babylonian flavour to it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and sooner or later, winged things are going to start crawling out of the carpet. Winged, oh, not again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, if you if you will blow things up, um, familiar. Well, there is certainly a standard shape of campaign that I tend to run. We've talked about that before. I, I'm trying to get away from that a bit. I, I do but worry it, but, about my 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 players knowing uh, my tropes entirely too well. Um, the argument would be to get new players, but on the other hand, I rather like the lot, what lot I've got. <clears throat> um, see friendship later. Um, I, actually, I took this to mean about families. When we do uh, the groups, the the, the the adventuring group, we don't often seem, at least I don't often seem to use close blood families as the basis for them. Clans are all right, um, as are the family you choose, um, quoting Buffy. But I think close families as such, I think it's because the topic is just too close to the bone that most people have family issues um, in some way and they sort of dance around the possibility. Um, I I think that's why it doesn't turn up. It would be very intense if you were to run something in which actual blood family was the basis for what you were doing, but it it could get nasty quite quickly. Well, I this is, this is something I missed out on. Uh, being an only child, uh, I had cousins, but we didn't see them very often, and so on. If the the family outside the immediate parents and me was was not a significant part of my life, so I don't know how people get on with, for example, brothers. Yeah, I mean, I I have a I have a few observed cases, and that's it. Yeah, I I, I may I may be wrong. It may be my um, my own. Um, yeah, yeah. Sensitivities writing over this, but it is something I have. I, I have noticed that we 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 have larger extended families in preference to um, in preference to um, to uh, close blood relations as the basis for things. The in the in the RuneQuest game, the 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 mates uh, and, and uh, the, the, the spouses are all NPCs and um, yeah it's a, it's a it, it, I don't know how, how your typical tribe in RuneQuest is roughly how many families well a tribe is really big a tribe is a sorry your, your immediate thing clan is maybe what I should be saying your smallest independent unit clans are measured in in, in hundreds um, uh, okay, it, it, it's always seemed to me that a setting like that where family ties are important is the sort of thing where you could take advantage of that and say, yeah, this guy's my cousin. Yeah, uh, but but cousin is 
Oh yeah, but kinsman. Uh, I mean, actual cousin, not not in the Scottish sense. <laughs> kinsman is is a uh, is, is as close as they got, and uh, and in both uh, Glorantha and Tecumel, um the authors have de have de-emphasized blood family in favour of the clan looks after the children, and it's only incidental that it happens to be your blood child. Um, that's being looked after, um, which I'm not sure. Maybe that was uh, that was issues coming from coming from them. But I don't want to probe into into the lives of two distinguished and dead gentlemen uh, at this moment in time. But it just struck me, struck me as an odd, odd point that it, it's like doing romantic uh, role playing. You have to be very trusting. Of uh, the other player, the other players, to to do something as potentially um, triggering as that. Hmm. Okay. Obscure. Well, an awful lot of my games are about uncovering some sort of secret knowledge. Uh, in fact, that's one of the things that I think makes transhuman space quite difficult to run. Most stuff is at least slightly known to somebody already. Yeah, um, I really obscure games where the inner secret is really obscure can be a little difficult to to run, and I don't know any good way to have um, a deep hidden secret that is only known to GMs. Um, perhaps there, there isn't any, really anywhere anywhere way to to do that and make something um, coherent. Deep hidden secrets are are a bugger. To be honest, um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to pull them off myself. And and I think I have too honest a face. And my players tend to um, uh, tend to look at it and say, "Aha! I know what he's up to." On the other hand, we, we we've both run games that are essentially about uncovering conspiracies. Yeah, and that I'm not sure how how long I've I've ever kept. A core secret of the conspiracy, um, and I probably should try it more often. Yeah, I I, I was uh, going to list the the most obscure game I had on my list of games that I have played, and I think it's a Shakespearean thing that I mentioned once called Forsooth, which I only only ever got to play the once, um, and I can see why having done it. But it was a nice experiment and sort of fun, but. Um, it required more um, more acquaintance with Shakespearean tropes than I think the average gamer has. I know some people who could probably play it very well. Whether they'd be interested is another matter. Oh, quite. Critical. We, we, we have said that we don't like to force things. But there are times when the dice just insist on a particular outcome. Uh, I'm thinking particularly of the incident with the Princess Charlotte. World War Two game. Uh, there, there seems to be a new princess whom everybody else remembers, but the PCs don't. <laughs> the, this is clearly something a bit dodgy going on. Yeah. So, so they they see okay, she, she she's uh, visiting a bomb site. Uh, let let it let us go and take a look, and they do, and the uh, fighter fighter pilot, quite heavily decorated former film star decides let, let us try to make friends with her 
he rolls a sex appeal because that's his usual approach and gets a natural three and she rolls her reaction to him and gets a natural 18 which in GURPS is best possible and so yeah okay this isn't necessarily the way I'd planned things to go but you know in in the campaign it's now a couple of years later and they've decided not to marry until the war's over yeah and let's see if she still exists when the war's over and things like that. It's uh, yeah, not not at all planned, but the the, the dice have spoken. What the hell? I, I didn't object to what they said. No, no. Sometimes, sometimes they they. I, I think sometimes I think that the uh, the the, uh, the the tabletop role playing surface is uh, a magical device to create unlikely, statistically unlikely outcomes. Um, and and I've seen three criticals in a row. Rolled and thought, yeah, all right. They're, 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 this is this is clearly how how the fates favour us today. Uh, there was a Call of Cthulhu game where we we were being pers- pursued by three three cars, three police cars, all, all operated by cultists, and each of them in in a row uh, tried to shoot us and rolled fumble shoot nearest friend. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the GM was a bit annoyed. Yeah, this is why I like to roll the dice in plain sight on the table. Um, I was going to talk about about critical vocabulary for role playing games, which I'm fairly certain we haven't got right yet. Though there are, yeah, there, there, there were some attempts um, with interaction or interactive fiction or whatever it ended up being. But I don't think it got very far, and we, we, we've got some terminology for types of games. But I agree that there's there's a lot to be expanded there. I like some of uh, what Ken Height and Robin Laws have done, but I think Robin tends to chase off um, down alleyways which lead to things that aren't actually relevant to to the form. Well, he's more interested in the sort of games he likes to run, which is fair enough. Which is true, yeah, and we all, and so am I. So you know, fair enough. All right. Okay, what is next? Critical uh, focus. Mm. Yeah, I would. L- oh, all right, I, I I have attempted to to write a rehearsal for GURPS photography, but that was fairly lame, Roger. All right, but <laughs> I I want players who will both pick up the focus when it's their their time to speak and know when it isn't on them anymore, and be bloody gracious about it. Hmm. I, I don't want to have to say again. No, I'm totally sorry. I'm I'm, I'm focusing on Fred um, and now um, when when somebody's still burbling, it, it's unkind of me because very often this is just enthusiasm. They're still burbling with the ideas they have. They're still in their moment and they want to keep it going. But as, as I, I I have to move the story along and get more people involved. And put and push it towards where they all come together at the end and solve the problem. Mm. But it's 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 something I think that you only pick up with with practice. And I'm not saying I'm any any better at this when I'm I'm being a player, but it is something I, I want to encourage. Idea. I am now currently in the spotlight, and now it's gone, and I can I, and I can I sit back and I let somebody else do it. Yeah, I'm gearing up at the moment for a Monster Hunters campaign, and one of the things I'm I'm thinking about trying, uh, don't rely on this, players, I may change my mind yet, is uh, more specifically trying to make sure 
you know, every every session, some somebody has something that they can do that they are being the being the uh, important character at. Yeah, ideally, I've... I. I've I've said before that as, as long as it evens up over a campaign, then that should be all right. But I'm, I want to try making it a bit more uh, fine grained. Yeah, I I I um I always feel really guilty at the end of a session when I think, hello, I haven't given George enough to do this time. Well, particularly since in Monster Hunters everybody does have something they, that they are superhumanly good at. Yeah, quite. Um, I, uh, this is going to be using bang skills, or... Um... Uh, no, uh, GURP, this is GURPS Monster Hunters, which, as a default, is the same sort of thing as GURPS Action or GURPS Dungeon Fantasy, in that it, it, you get a cut-down set of skills, but they are still normal GURPS skills. Okay. There is an option to make it bang skills, but uh, but that's too low resolution for my preference. Fair enough. Yeah, it, it worked all right for my for my st- uh, Stargate BRI game, but I don't know. I did it at least in part because of a player who just wouldn't have been interested in detailing all the science knowledge that her character. Mm. Oh, I don't. I don't mind some wildcard skills. Um, indeed, I, I've had a character who who took. Guns wildcard in an Infinite Worlds game specifically so as to avoid the unfamiliarity and low tech penalties. He wasn't great with firearms; he hadn't didn't otherwise have skills in, but he could at least get find his way around them in a hurry. Yeah. Um, I I just don't like them as the character defining thing. Next is examine, and uh, and this only made me think of the of, of a syllabus for a future GCSE in role playing games. Or, or perhaps it should be city and guilds, you know. Um, I seem to remember White Dwarf, White Dwarf back in the day had, had a role-playing general knowledge quiz. Hmm. Well, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what you need to know in order to have uh, an academic... Um, well, see previous comments on critical vocabulary. Well, quite. Um, but I think it should be um, a, a practical art skill. Um, yeah, it should actually um, at least qualify you to write uh, a decent supplement or maybe the the core book of a new game. I mean, that should be the sort of thing that if we if this were ever actually to happen, um, that you should look at. There should be some historical background and, and critical analysis of what else is being put up. I'm sure that there are already um, already courses out there in the computer game design, but that's big money stuff. Um, and that, that, well, yeah, that, but to my mind, those aren't classical university courses. That's learner skill. Yeah, well, uh, that's why I said city and guilds, you know. <clears throat> um, but being something that um, practical that you're, you're, going to, you're, going to put, you're going to put to use. But even so, I, I think um, a knowledge of the history of the field and, and what's been done before but then I'm then I, I I I'm an academic type, and I think in that sort of terms. Mm. I was taking a different approach on this completely, and th- thinking, well, yes, I do a lot of investigative games. Is there a good way of signalling? Right, you 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 have now found everything you have to find in this crime scene. Please stop and go and do something else. Uh, a hurry up call from your boss. Uh... And that 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 is one advantage of um, the gumshoe system. Where you know that there is one core clue that you will get, and you can muck about and get other things, but that's the one you actually need. Yeah, 
How about an explosion to destroy the site you are examining? It's not appropriate for everything, but I'm sure it will tell them... I, I, I should use more explosions in my games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's also hard to, to, uh, to tell them when they're barking up entirely the wrong tree. Um, well, it, 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 there is no diegetic way of doing this. Hmm. The, well, the, the, there's always the, let's, let's say they're not barking up the wrong tree and incorporate it into the mystery um, afterwards. But um, I'm not sure that's fair. I'm not sure. Well, some, some of that, I think, is reasonable. Um, as long as it doesn't conflict with stuff I've already established, which is the tricky bit. Okay. Uh, friendship. Well, apart from mentioning uh, your good self, Roger, it's it's rather like I think the friendships you make in in role playing is some of them are rather like the friendships you make when doing a, a play. You are working very hard with these people to create something together for a very short period of time, and you have to be able to trust them, and you have to be able to feel that. That there's 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 contribution and flow going between you, but then they'll go away and you may never see them again. But it was very intense uh, during the, <clears throat> during the time it lasted. And then there there are other people who've been around my table for for decades, and who I, I some of whom I've known since university, and um and and who I I stick with, and it, yeah it, get, it feels a lot like family to be honest. Um, even though we only see each other once a week, I think pretty much all the people on my look, I've got this body I need to move. Don't ask questions. List <laughs> are are role players. I don't want to ask how many times you've had you've had to, you've had to invoke that that clause. No, you really shouldn't. I should, but no, I, th- I think mo- most of the people I regard as friends and co- uh, you know, keep keep up with, even if I'm not necessarily seeing them regularly anymore, are are role players. Yeah. On the, and on the other hand, I suspect I'm a very superficial person because people I've played with will come up to me and say, hello, Michael, and I won't remember them at all. It's even people I've played with for some time. And it's, it's just my neurology, fellas. I'm sorry about it, but it can't be helped. Yeah. Yeah. And it's context. I don't, I don't store people according to what they look like, but according to the context. <coughs> In which I've met them, and if I can't find the context, I'm buggered. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, apologies to people who are friendly to me and who I can't recall. I have less excuse. It just happens. Mystery. Right. There are two equal traps you can fall into when writing a mystery. One is where they jump right to the correct subject, uh, to the, the correct solution. Mm-hmm. And there is the one where they have no idea. No matter how many times you try to hint, exactly which way they they they, they go. Now we we touched on this a couple of uh, a couple of uh, prompts ago. Is it right to fudge things and change the solution, the nature of the villain, even behind the scenes? Can you do that on the fly? Sometimes, as long as the new one you come up with on the fly uh, is consistent with with the clues already discovered. And you can make up more clues as needed. And th- this may be a, a call for your, for your classic. Excuse me, I'm just nipping to the loo for a minute. Um, then, I, then I don't see why not. I mean, I'm I'm not using the scenario as a test of my players. 
say, yeah, are, are you good enough to solve this? I'm, I'm doing this to provide entertainment for me and for them. Yeah, true. Um, it's that, that said, I think it's edgy enough that, that I, w- I would not, at least not immediately afterwards, say, oh yeah, the original plan was X, but you guys went after Y, so I changed it to Y. Because they, I, I, there does need to be a sense of challenge. And they need to... Mm. I, there needs to be a sense of fairness as well. Uh, I mean, with a with a printed uh, mystery, you are sort of committed to what actually turns up at the end of the book. But yeah, I, I yeah, but but the writer the writer of a, of linear fiction has so many advantages in terms of making things come out the right way without them seeming forced. Agatha Christie, so it is said, um, would start writing from her trigger point and then keep writing until she had slightly more material uh, than needed to fill a book, and then decide um, who was guilty and what was really going on. At least she did that sometimes. I'm not convinced it happened. Uh, it's, it's hard to think how she could have written the mystery of Roger Ackroyd um, in that manner. Uh, yeah. On the other hand, I, I would assume she then went back and placed at least some... I don't know. Was she placing clues for everybody? as she went along. Basically, went back and trimmed things back until the bit of topiary she had made sense. Um, <clears throat> she, she grew something wild and, and, and fine and magnificent and then, then turned it into a peacock. I'm, some, I'm for some reason thinking of Sudoku, where the, the, the ideal puzzle is one that has just one solution, but, is still, but still has blank spaces on it, and a completely blank grid has... has not infinite, but a very large number of possible solutions, and you, and you need to find the right point where it looks it looks like a puzzle, but there is still only one right answer. Yeah, I've never. I, I, uh, that's a, uh, a uh, an infection I've never actually caught because uh, doing doing arithmetic, let alone what I think is probably um, calculus of some sort. No, it's 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 not it's not arithmetic at all. It, it you could do it with a set with letters or any other symbols. Okay. It's not a, it's not a number puzzle really. Okay, I'll take your word for it, Governor. Hmm. I've I don't particularly do them either. My, my wife's a fan, so I learned a bit about them, so I could generate them when the newspapers stopped printing them. You are very uxorious, You are. You know that, don't you? It was an enjoyable technical challenge. What can I say? Guy. Yeah, G- Jim's favourite PC, not a, or NPC, not a good idea. Uh, it's the first thing that comes to my mind with guide. Yeah, well, the, I, I, I'll agree that there's an art to doing it. The, the, the guide should not be involved in the resolution, but should be capable of pointing them to what the problem is. I, I think this may be why the sage became such an archetype. And no, nobody expects them to be, get involved in the battles. And, but, but, but after the battle, they, they can look, look up the ancient writing and say, aha, this means we should go to X. Which is, let's face it, not a thing your average barbarian does. Yeah, or, or the or the, the device you are look, looking for, uh, which will ne- negate the, the the terrible building wall, may be found uh, according to the legend here or here or possibly there. But I I tend to favour I, I tend to favour gods and dragons and ludicrously powerful creatures. Um, for guides who never actually get involved in doing anything, uh, but you're t- the players are too terrified to um, uh, to try attacking or threatening 
in order to get information out. But but they're slightly more usefully interactive than a scroll of ancient prophecy. Yeah, scroll of I try and avoid scrolls of ancient prophecy are really good for causing confusion in the players and for them to say, uh yeah. But how could we possibly have known that afterwards? Um yeah, no. <clears throat> So something that uh, explains a little more, or at least points you in the right general direction. Uh, door. Portal fantasy. I'm really tempted um, for my next fantasy thing to make it a portal fantasy, because there's been the GURPS portal fantasy as a general guide to it, and the idea of players, characters coming from our own world and into a magical one is rather um, is something I've not done very much of and I think I could make it interesting. I'm sort of tempted to do it with children because there's so many opportunities for tragedy later on. Mm. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm sort of itching to do that as my next project but I'm suppressing it at the moment because I want to finish my current campaign. Yeah, no, no, nothing will uh, remove the fun from a current campaign faster than thinking about the new one, in my experience. Yeah, true. Which is why I like to have some, a, a, a gap between campaigns in which somebody else is running something. <clears throat> Even if it's only for a few weeks. I, I, I like to be able to hand over to somebody else and say, here, uh, give me time to get myself together for the next thing. I've never done much with Portal Fantasy either. Um, maybe it just has too much association with children's books for me, but they might be interesting to try it sometime. See, it's not necessarily... I mean, I mean the... But, uh, the past well, I, I, know, I know that's not exclusive, just that's what I think of. No, no, I, I agree. It's, it is, it's where it has been the most popular, the most focused use of it. Um, and, and I... It's E. Nesbitt... Um, I'm not sure if there's anything earlier than E. Nesbitt, but I, th- I think I think uh, Lewis was. Uh, I- I'm I'm pretty sure Lewis was uh, riffing off E. Nesbitt um, to some extent, anyway. Yeah, and Kip- and Kipling in the in the history stories to a point. Dream. I I've had occasional. I, th- I think the the Silex campaign had occasional touches of dream in it, but it's not something I've ever used in a big way. Hmm. I dream about I me, Michael. I dream about perfect games the same way I dream about perfect SF cons and perfect bookshops. Um, I also dream about perfect sex um, and sometimes perfect love. The, the 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 perfect games I dream about tend to be LARPs or freeforms, though. With very good special effects, <clears throat> and sometimes I dream about the whole world being a game, um, and f- figuring out how to step behind the scenes and, um, and and protest at what life is doing to me. I think I dreams are are fun to do, but as as um, as visions and as portents. And as working out of psychological, um, psychological quests and, and transformations, I once did a dream quest which was basically uh, an Ebenezer Scrooge vision for a, a particular character, and that went went remarkably well with the other 
other players around the table playing playing and improvising their parts. But something on that scale is tricky to do. Um, works very well if you can pull it off, though. Mm, I've seen seen it done as as a um, major characters. I can't remember what it, what it is. The main thing you get levels of the dance spheres, the your, your overall enlightenment thing. And the the, uh, the rest of the players were not, in fact, informed in advance that this is that was what was going to be happening. But it did, in fact, turn out to be his vision quest sort of thing. Yeah, that that worked quite well. Uh, I'm I'm just remembering that there've been a couple of games that had um, specialist magic that would let you go into people's dreams and do stuff and so on. But I couldn't couldn't help thinking that was probably going to be a bit like net running in cyberpunk games of one play one PC gets to do stuff and everybody else is sitting waiting. Yeah. It's a possibility in in nominate, but one I never followed up, to be honest. Um, the nature of dreams is is tricky, especially when it comes to temptations. One, apart from gaming on your own, is sad. I don't think I have very much um, to say about this. Well, I I'm active in the one player guild on Board Game Geek for one-player board games, uh, and there is a thing that is called a single-player role-playing game, but what it actually in practice is, is a dungeon bash against an automated opponent. Which is fine, but it's not really my thing. Uh, the the one, perhaps, you know, that if, if, a, if a character turns out to be the prophesied whatever, oh, yeah. Gerp's destiny. <laughs> yeah. At, at which point, surely they're going to die of a hangnail before, before, or whatever else your game system provides before they can get to the final confrontation. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the 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 value of of failure is 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 much um, is much is much underestimated. The, the the tension of being able to fail is good, but on the other hand, um, I have had uh, players who actually choose to have a, a positive destiny in GURPS, which means that you are the one for some value of one that might not be cosmic, might not even be worldwide, but you've got a thing to do before your character dies, you know. Plenty. Uh, how to, it's not easy to do games where resources aren't an issue, oddly enough. Uh, <coughs> well, yes and no. Um... I don't remember the last game I, I played or ran in where we had to care about exactly how much money we had. It, it's not something that the groups I play with really really enjoy. Well, no, I, I prefer to abstract out wealth myself. Oh, there, there, there's one exception. The last time I did a Traveller-type free trader game. Yeah. But it turned out that I was the one who was enjoying keeping the ship's books, and I was the GM, so... <laughs> how to make work for yourself. Yeah, I, I think it's possibly that threatening their stuff is just too useful for a for the GM to be able to um, to put to pull it in. That and and I don't think the same way my generation and definitely my parents' generation were bent slightly out of shape by the um, by by the uh, by the Great Depression, and and I'm still. I'm still um, stingy and, and in, in, in ways that my parents taught me to be. I, I think that the fact that we actually live in a um, we actually live in a commercially focused money using society makes players makes most people unable to imagine a post scarcity society, and all the attempts to do it 
things like eclipse phase have been um, very weird and unutopian, um, as far as I can tell. Well, to some extent, that's perhaps because utopias are not terribly interesting to play in. Hmm. And I, I think there are still thing, thing, interesting things to be done without resource conflicts being a part of them. All right. But um, do do bear in mind, from the viewpoint of the average medieval peasant, we are a post-scarcity society. Oh gosh, that's the depressing thought. Yes, you, no, we, you're quite you're quite right. We we are ve- we are very unlikely to starve. Mm. Say that to me in a couple of months' time, especially in, well, regard, yeah. in regard to um, especially in regard to my, my the supply of all the, of all these seven or eight types of medicine I'm taking at the moment. Mm. Um, and that, that, uh, I'm, at the moment, I'm having um, I'm having old person's fright, frightenedness coming come over me rather t- more often than I like. I like. Speaking of that, scary. Yeah, I, I like horror games, but I don't get scared by them. Yeah, I have occasionally frightened people, or at least disgusted them, um, when it, I wasn't wasn't trying. I didn't think I was trying that hard to do so. I'm the best scary I got was out of playing what's it called Dread. Um, mm. That I felt that I, I I managed to build up as a GM a certain atmosphere of of um, of the unnatural and the terrible lurking behind the scenes, and and doing that well is is. Yeah, you want the lurking behind the scenes to last as as long as possible, because once the the monster pops up, it may just turn out to be animated bedsheets, like it does in Whistle and I'll Come to You, My Lad. Well, there's the Stephen King thing where he says, when you reveal the monster, yes, maybe it's a seven-foot cockroach, but some small part of your mind is saying, well, at least it wasn't a 70-foot cockroach. Yeah, quite. I'm not sure what it is frightens me. Well, I I think I know some of the things that frighten me, but I'm not. I don't know that I could make them real to other people. Fear is a very personal thing. Um, To somebody else, the fear that of um, of damnation, um, of being eternally trapped in a, a terrible reality you have no control over. Um, would not be real, and yet being the idea of being trapped all your life in a prison uh, would be. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how, how easy it is to make uh, to create a fear that will apply to everybody, because I don't think there is such a thing. Mm. And to some extent, I don't necessarily want to do that. Mm-hmm. And possibly this, this, this is why I'm not particularly a fan of horror in general. There, there are things I enjoy that, that are classified as horror. But again, I don't particularly feel horror from them. I, I, it's the ideas and the characters and things that I'm after, not, not the um, mm-hmm. sense of dread. And yet, and yet there's something about the sense of dread that... It, it, it's really what the whole, uh, the whole genre is about, the feeling of... of of terror, of of helplessness, um, and yet people don't. People want that, and yet they don't want it. Um, they they. I mean, I would never get into a, a roller coaster because that particular feeling of falling helplessness 
doesn't strike me as fun. Uh, but um, other people do it and seem to find it stimulating and joyful. Gosh, people are weird. Mm. Oh, you, you, your classic Call of Cthulhu adventure, which I think I enjoy more than you do. Yeah. Could, could I think, be summed up as we, we die in the process of, of achieving something. But I think that in the process of achieving something is important. Yes. Uh, there, there have been adventures published for Trail of Cthulhu, I won't name names, in which essentially the whole thing is hopeless. and you, you, you can find out some things, but essentially you cannot save either the victim or yourselves. Yeah, I... And to me that is not fun. I, uh, we, they were talking about... Um, there was a panel at the Worldcon. Uh, talking about do-overs, or about uh, Groundhog Day-style um, stories. And I got st- sat upon very heavily by uh, one of the panellists, maybe justifiably, when I said that the the first such story started as total despair. Um, I can't remember what it's called at the moment. Um, in, in which a man is trapped in a time loop and can never, ever get out. Um, and then the next iteration of it was a man is trapped in a time loop and he can get out if he finds a scientist and does exactly the right thing and solves the puzzle and the iteration after that is Groundhog Day where it goes on about personal redemption and I was against this as an artistic development and she, and she told me that she had no time for art which didn't give people a chance to do things and to develop and become better people which is arguable, but I, I still feel I still feel I'm sort of right. But it's not right for role playing games anyway. In role playing games, if you don't have agency, you don't have nothing. Yeah, uh, Randall Day is is clearly fantasy. If, if you're going to make a fantasy science fiction divide, uh, it, it's n- it's not a technical story. It's not about working out what's going on. And and I think if I if I threw that at players, they'd be very hacked off. Whereas if if I threw the oh, there was an episode of Stargate SG One where a similar thing was happening, and they had a lot of fun with it, uh, but it was essentially a technical cause that could be solved, then that's fine. By learning Latin, I seem to recall. I can't remember why they had to learn Latin, but I remember that they did. It turned out to be the language of the ancient race. Ha! I like to say pa. At this moment in time, but uh, the, uh, uh, the, the after that, there's a thing called the do-over, which is derived from uh, uh, Ken Grimwood's replay, and which, in especially in its fan fiction and amateur varieties, is really dreadfully self-indulgent. Um, I, I mean, I'd... when I, when I see this sort of thing, it it tends to be. Um... You can you can retry as much as you like, but you can't solve the basic problem. This may reflect more the sort of fiction I tend to read. Yeah, well, yeah it could be that. Okay, what else? What where were? I'm not sure where we started on this. Let, let's move on. That was scary. Noble. Uh, my characters, the ones I play in other people's games, tend to be noble. I think Roger, you can confirm this makes them a pain in the ass. Sometimes, but that's part of their job. Well, yeah. Uh, in in uh, Pirates of Drinax with uh, Watson Hall, I, I was playing uh, Savoric of Mansell, who who is minor nobility and doesn't he just know it? But but he's still better than the peasants who are the rest of the party. <sighs> Fortunately, he's also a useful pilot. Except except for that one time, and and he did pay to get the ship fixed. <laughs> 
Um, at, at the moment in uh, Master of Nilothetep, with, with the same group, I'm, I'm playing uh, Rabbit's Foot Chumley, who is not technically speaking noble. I think he, I think he's an on. Um, but he, but he's. I, I, I like to specialise characters in Call of Cthulhu. You know, max out the skills you can max out. And he, and he he's maxed out pretty It's Bruce Wayne's superpower, after all. Well, yes, and. Uh, Basically, I don't think it's short-circuiting the adventure. I mean, there are lots of things that you can't just offer money to. Um, And for obvious gameplay reasons, we're not just saying he has all the money. We're just giving him that high credit rating and and normal starting funds. But if if we're we're crossing the Atlantic from New York to London, of course we go first class. Of course you chaps come with me first class. Okay, yes, do do stay at my club. Instead of that, that, that horrible hole you were planning to go to. Yeah, but my noble, yeah. Uh, my noble characters uh, find their noblesse oblige in saying, actually, chaps, you know, this isn't really the done thing. I don't think we can pick up this chap and torture him to get the information. I, I, I know it would be quicker that way, but I, I, I feel it's wrong. Don't you see that? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, this is difference in, in your character. You're taking uh, in our character. You're taking it as, as a means of being helpful, if annoying. I'm taking it as a means of being annoying, if helpful. Yeah. Uh, vast, vast, and not the board game. Ah, uh, the note on this says too much space in the sandbox is a bastard. Um, theoretically, you know, the fact that you've got a spaceship and you can go anywhere is a good thing from your point of view, but from the point of view of the poor bloody referee, um, the fact that that, that you can just go on and he has to create off the cuff or by some mechanism more space for you to go to is a bastard. Um, There's a lot to be said for trapping them on on an island um, where they can explore what you've got worked out, then controlling where they can go to. A sandbox that isn't too big, I think, is, is, a, is a good sandbox from the point of view of the referee. Yeah. Um, it can start to feel... Uh, there, there is obviously a tendency in games, or maybe this is just my games, to feel as, as if every, everybody who isn't the PCs is background, which, of course, they are, but they shouldn't feel like it. And I think the the bigger the world is relative to the PCs, the more that tends to happen because the less time you have for any individual NPC, yeah, or setting, or city, or you know, whatever you want to look at, yeah, or large fish or tree. At the same time, I think one doesn't want it to be a narrated tour. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna have the places, you ought to be able to go to the places. Yeah, if it, if it's on the map, why can't we go there? Is a perfectly reasonable protestation. Um, and, and and if the answer is just that's expensive, you'll need to save up your money. Well, fair enough. That that does at least mean the generation is um, spread out rather than having having to be instantly. We're going to jump there now. Lost. I sort of miss um, the days when uh, players went around mapping things, where as you described them, and I sort of miss it because. Um, in those days, when they got lost, I could, I could, I could make a reasonable case that it was their fault that they were lost. But was it fun? I, ooh, 
it got somewhat tedious from time to time. But nowadays, I can say to them, you're lost, and they won't believe it. Because we don't have a map, um, and we're abstracting everything out. And they always think that there's an easy solution to getting lost. Well, I'm not sure. They, they, they always want to look which side of the trees the moss is on, or something like that. Or claim that their characters understand how to navigate by the stars. Whereas I, I, I would really like to have a good, reliable method a narrative method of getting the player characters not to know which way is up. Um, I, I, unless you actually fudge the environment such that there are no stars, there is no <coughs> sunrise, um, then uh, then I, I, I don't. Th- ah, so 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 it's pre-space probe jungly Venus with with permanent cloud cover. Oh yeah, that's that's doable. Yeah, or or you know just uh, just a deep underground cave. Uh, with them having no clear idea of uh, them having no inbuilt sonar like the characters in that um, in that oh, god damn what, what's that story called the one with the uh, the people who lived in the caves and and, and could click rocks together and detect uh, detect where they are just by listening to the echo and they didn't understand what light was and thought it was a dark universe by Daniel F begins with a G Galloway. I think that's it. That, that, and, and and eventually they discovered that that what light was, and they that they still had eyes. And it was all full of um, what might be uh, spiritual metaphors in another context, turned terribly physical. I'm sorry. This is uh, uh, <laughs> it's a good book. Go back. Uh, I, I, we'll, we'll put it in the footnotes. Well, where I come back to is what is the fun of being lost? I mean, if it's we we get the party to somewhere they weren't expecting to be. Yeah, then that's fine. But is is it just to to waste time and resources, which I think is what the dungeon mapping tended to be? I, what what I wanted to induce was the feeling of uh, putting putting your foot down on a step you expect to be there and discovering that it's not. The sudden disorientation of what what we're where what's happening what's going on, but this is difficult to do. Maybe we shouldn't have left a trail with a rope made of spun sugar. Ah, yes. Oh dear, we do not appear to have GPS down here. I don't think I've ever been lost in in a in an urban area. I've never been significantly lost outside an urban area, so maybe that's just me. Yeah, you know, I'm not. I'm not exactly the Boy Scout site myself either. So uh, maybe maybe I'm, I'm I'm talking nonsense. But I think that as a plot point. I mean, maybe I have to start with you wake up and you don't know where you are it is better as a start point than as something that happens in the middle of the of the game. Or at the very least one would want to foreshadow it a bit. A bit by other people getting lost? Uh, ju- just in some way of make, making it clear that getting lost is a thing that happens rather than oh, I am ge- I as Gem am suddenly springing this on you. Yeah. Surprise! Uh, it's very difficult to surprise people. Um, I think to some extent undesirable. If if the if the surprise is this is not in the genre you thought it was. Yeah, bait and switch is a, is a is a bad idea. Um, up to a point, it's a bad idea. Uh, uh what's it called? The, the Starship Warden. Metamorphosis Alpha. Metamorphosis Alpha was a perfect uh, 
bait and switch, and yet I wouldn't remove it from the history of the. Um, or well, it doesn't change what you do when you find out. True, you're still you're still in a hostile environment, trying to uh, trying to use the artifacts of the ancients to achieve a goal you didn't even know you had at the start of the, of, of the campaign. And 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 yeah, and and Robin Laws is it from campaign. It doesn't matter uh, when you know what the gods are based on, or what, in some sense, they are. This is the Madlands, yeah. Madlands, yeah. You're still yeah. trying to, um, you're still trying to keep away from them and survive when you're surrounded by super powerful beings who can um, who can it's squish all... you. Yeah, it, it's also not a one joke thing. I mean, there's. The other stuff you can do. There's the there's the gem majory and so on. It's 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 not just about finding out that one thing, and I, I think that's that's important. If if you, I, I, the example I always give as as the bait and switch I didn't get on with was, I I joined a game that was a modern mercenaries game that had been running for a while. Yeah, and that happened to be the session the GM chose to say, right, you've all gone through a portal and we are now in a fantasy land. Uh huh. And that was simply not the sort of game I'd wanted to play in. I might have might have enjoyed might have signed up for it if he'd said so, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. Dropping. How did the rest of them take it? Um, mixed. I, d- I don't know if the, if the thing went on. I, d- I didn't carry on playing with that group, but uh... no, right. You want there to be surprises, um, and so l- lower grades than that of surprise are good, I think, or can be. Mm. Uh, at least a certain amount of um, well, the the opposite is predictable, and and that that's generally not good. Yeah, uh, for the world is exactly as it appears to be. It sort of cuts through some of the uh, possibilities of storytelling. I I think it's sort of all right if you are um, if you are hinting at it right from the start. The, the, there are things about the history of Tecumel. Well, the, the sheer fact that um, uh, that you are in a science fiction as well as a fantasy uh, setting is um, uh, is something that, that the players, I don't think, resent or look badly on. But when they discover um, some of the deeper secrets, they I think that they, they would have been well prepared um, by the fact that there are layered secrets and mysteries um, in the setting to be prepared to discover mm. what was really going on all that time. Yeah, I mean, if, if there were, uh, you, know, you can do this magical procedure and, and the world can rejoin internal civilization, that, that would be a huge change. Yeah. And I think it would not be welcomed. Uh, I mean, uh, Barker put it into his into the campaign. It was there, and one of his uh, Thursday night players discovered it. But people wanted to go on playing in Tecumel, and mm. uh, I, I almost get the feeling that Barker was slightly surprised by that. But um, uh, yeah, uh, there are also hints about what the, what the gods are and other stuff. That actually is probably uh, comes down to your particular interpretation of how you want Techumel to happen, but it certainly yeah. didn't do that. I I I would like there to be some surprise. Are there any surprises? Were there any surprises? Are there any surprises still to come in your World War Two game? Uh, there are certain things that that are not defined yet, 
including whether the universe will still exist at the end of the war. Um, Who, whose responsibility is that? Because well, I think they should be, you know... Well, there, there are various things going on which could potentially break it. And it will be largely the PC's job to prevent that. No, no, nobody's actually trying to break the universe. They're, they're just not fully aware of the potential consequences of their actions. Like setting the atmosphere on fire, um, theoretically speaking. Or if, if, you dr- if you drain all the magic out of something, the, the atoms come apart. Oh, what happens to the energy when the atoms come apart? It's been drained out as magic. It's very, very useful, yummy magic energy that you can use to, use to power your spells. Hmm. But it's not good to, drain, to cause bits of the universe to come apart. I would have thought, maybe. Anyway, it's not my... Well, it, it, it's had a tendency to spread, but anyway. Uh, Triumph. Particularly in the Dungeon Bash days, I didn't really end campaigns. They just sort of stopped. Hmm. I try at least to have what you might think of as a, as a, as a season finale these days. Yeah. Even if it's not, this campaign is now over, I, I try for some sort of big thing. This doesn't always happen. Well, when I did uh, the Dracula dossier, I was sort of forced, because that's the whole point of that thing, to push it towards the point at which you kill Dracula or he kills you. Mm. They killed Dracula, um, but unfortunately in doing so, they'd released his brides to go off and um, uh, do their own thing and fight across the fate of Europe. And at least one had taken over... um, David Cameron's um, uh, conservative government in Britain and uh, one was taking over uh, Russia by infiltrating the mafia um, and and one was just doing the traditional thing of stomping on the Germans and trying to get them into order hmm. so on the whole I had season 2 well planned out um, and the headline of it was Dracula was dead to begin with I think the trick to a season finale, at least in the current production model, is that it can lead into other things, or it can be the, be the end, depending on whether the show gets renewed, and I think that's a good thing. Um, well, to be honest, if, even if the show doesn't get renewed, you're giving the fanfic writers so, something to chew on, um, yeah. and that, that, that's probably a good thing from the public relations point of view. And, and from a game point of view, and it, it makes for a more realistic world, if, even if you don't run the next chapter to say, well, there are these other things that could happen. It's, it's not just every, everything is puppies and roses forever. Um, calamity. Yeah, how to, how to get them to accept disaster. Um, I'm not sure I've ever totally dropped my players in it, without totally without hope. But I, I, I feel I probably should do so more often. I, th- I think... Um, Particularly people who've played a lot of old-school dungeon games are very resistant to what one might call tactical failure. Yeah. Um, if, if, if I wanted to start an adventure which was an escape from a dungeon, I would not start it with the fight in which you get captured. I would start it with you wake up in a dungeon. Yeah, quite. I think, I think a calamity ought to be a strategic-level failure, really. Mm. I mean, uh, anything less than that is a setback. Yes, you've um, you, you lost this fight, but you still have your limbs and most of your comrades. You can go on, but a calamity should be you took the army to the uh, to the to the sort of point of battle, and then you lost um, conspicuously, and you are now running away from um, from the triumphant e- enemy. That that should be a calamity. 
And it's... Given, given that the games I run tend mostly to be what one might call positive stories, I don't think I've ha- ever had anything quite along those lines. Well, my, I, I'm not sure I have either, but I, my, my belief in, um, in rolling the dice and letting the dice tell me what's happening um, is, is bound to cause trouble someday. I'm at the moment at the start of Holgrim's campaign to clean out Durasta. Um, and if I play the battle encounters honestly, there is going to be a chance that on a greater or lesser level, Halgrim is going to die before he kills, um, before he or somebody else uh, kills the, the Brew King, Brew Emperor, Ralzakark. And I, uh, I ought to be planning more clearly for what happens when my player characters discover that they failed and that a horde of Chaos Armies is advancing towards their own little home. I should be planning for that, but I'm not. And um, I'm I'm not entirely sure. This is a heroic universe, so doing the heroic thing ought to give them a chance of surviving. But, uh, yeah, it's something I should be preparing for. Idea. Ideas are easy. Ideas are two a penny. It's the energy to carry them through that's rare. Um, Turning an idea into into a runnable game, that takes work. Well, yeah, I know. I resent all the work that it takes. Um, the, uh, the, the There's a game of uh, randomly rolling on a table and taking down two or three GURPS uh, supplements and seeing what you can produce from it. Um, and... Uh, and People have, there are lots of ideas out there, some of which will, will spark your own own ideas. It's it's the process of carrying them through and making them real, and figuring out what you need to have before you can sit down at a table and use it. Mm. That's the tricky part, um, which we we ought to keep we ought to talk more about. I think suspense, which isn't the same thing as fear. What is it? It's but perhaps the we don't know what's going on, but we f- we feel edgy about it. Yeah, there's something to be worried. The, the early the early stages of an investigation quite often, you know, we're 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 finding people with all the salt pulled out of them. What could this possibly be? Yeah, we are in the we are in the dark house, and we know there's something here, but we're not quite sure what it is. Um, the feeling I think. Suspense is, is is also always there in conspiracy games, in the question of who's on whose side. Suspense is, is, I think it has to be a momentary sort of thing. It's not something you can sustain for very long. But um, it, I, I think o- often uh, play, players will take action to resolve it anyway. Yeah, and sometimes they will wish they hadn't. Hmm. Love. Not a major part of my games, really. No, we are aware that there are games which are all about love. This is even touchier than family. And uh, how many people do you know that you'd be happy to simulate a love affair with? To role-play a love affair with? It's it's a tricky sort of thing. Maybe one. Yeah, and I and, and 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 you're not him. Oh right, thank you. Oh, there's a, there's a... I, I have played the game Fog of Love, yeah. which 
felt to me very much like um, role-playing ultralight with, with lots of forced situations in it. Yeah, that's what it looked... Because, because it was so forced, it was less embarrassing. Yeah, the cards dictate rather than your aesthetic choice dictates. And uh, that's, a, uh, that's a way to do it. In Love in, um, in LARPs, uh, and there, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a title for, uh, uh, for a movie, Love in LARPs. Mm. Um, or maybe, maybe it's a band name, I'm not sure. Um, it works because it is so mechanics-driven and so random, and people, and it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna last beyond the boundaries of uh, of three to four hours of mm. intense role playing, and it does appear, appear to work. And people can make all the grand, dramatic, romantic gestures that they have, but they never get to sit down and really talk about their feelings. And it's the really talking about their feelings which is terrifying in real life and in role-playing. Yeah, that, that business with the princess that I mentioned earlier uh, is turning in-world into a love match, but we're not playing through that. No, quite. Is she, is she still an NPC? Because it's... Yes. It's a lot easier to be in love with NPCs. Eh. Um, I'm... Uh, all the all the uh, family in and and spouses, as I think I said before, in the RuneQuest game are NPCs. There is no love between player characters. But mm. as GM, I get to play all the um, all the spouses and to make all the sarcastic remarks that spouses can make towards <laughs> their, their lovers. And this this is a pl- a plus for me. I'm, I'm enjoying it very much, especially the shaman's two wives. Evolve. Evolve. What will role-playing games evolve into, eventually? Well, as long as they avoid becoming entirely uh, computer-based. Yeah, I, I, I think computers ought to be a an aid to uh, to the to the art form rather than a substitute for. What, what I'm seeing at the moment is is a gradual drift away from any attempt to simulate physical reality mm. and if there's if there's an attempt to simulate at all it's to simulate a genre reality yeah I'm not sure I'm not sure that's not a trap to be honest um, genres genres arise out of a, a set of powerful ideas which can be easily copied and uh, and, and used as a, as a formula um, but I think I think I think if you're going to do real art, then it's going to be unconstrained by formula and capable of going anywhere, which is why you need some sort of simulationist um, base, which is is broad based and uh, and adaptable. But well, it seems to me if if you look at the origins of of role playing on the Dave Onsen side, uh, out of the Brownstein games. It started off as a Napoleonic, which side is going to take this town? But it turned into, okay, um, one player is now the mayor of this town and he's going to try to do specific things and he has particular, you know, he may have particular goals in mind. And the, the thing that they rapidly discovered is we, we need a generalised system for answering questions that are not, not answered by the rules. Yeah, which, uh, there's a quote that uh, I'm not sure is true. That Gary Gygax, having um, been to one of Dave Arnson's sessions, said, 
can you can you show me the rules um, of of what, what just what we just did? And Anson said, "Rules? What rules?" Mm. There was a lot of roll a d six and judge, which is what happens in um, in uh, in uh, war games where you've got uh, referees and separate rooms. Um, I'll roll a d six and, and see what it indicates going on in the I'm, background there. I think role-playing games, as as we know them, are a fairly fairly marginal sort of activity. I mean, if you if you go too far from standard role-playing game, you you end up doing something else, whether that's improvised theatre or collaborative storytelling or wargaming. Yeah, um, I'm, I or writing fanfic for that matter. Yeah, true. But I I, I... <sighs> I'm not saying these are bad things. I'm saying it would be possible for role-playing to split up into these different directions and not not really be recognisable as role-playing anymore. What I'd really like to see is is the different bits coming together in a central synthesis in a, in a in a glass bead game equivalent of of something that uh, that distills the essence of, of all of those into one central thing but I'm, I've no idea what that one central thing is I just have the feeling that it's out there somewhere waiting to be realised shrugs out there in concept space out, 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 out there in potentiality you know to me that my answer to this was just to a large extent actually since we started doing this podcast but um, to a bit a bit before that I I try to post mortem each game and see what what went right and what went wrong and what I can do better next time yeah and uh, and share it see share earlier mm. connection uh, I don't know um, mostly I just plug it plug myself in mostly I just turn up at the table but sometimes recently I've been known to plug in and uh, point a camera at myself. Um, I suspect pointing a camera at myself as I get older and less inclined to toddle off somewhere is going to become more important to me and uh, more useful and more in, in depth. The, the sessions of uh, online games that I run, I've been in at the moment tend to run to about two hours, which is an hour shorter than I'm used to in running uh, tabletop RPGs. Yeah, I, th- I think there is... Is that just about the, uh, the, the local group that we're in or what? Um, I think there is... Well, I was trying it a bit... Bef- I th- can't remember whether I've done, it, done any before I invited you into them or not. The, the impression I'm getting is that there is less um, socialising and chat and so on. And if, if, if I turn up, turn up in Cambridge on a Wednesday, we're waiting for people to arrive, we're chatting, um, there's something interesting to be said, maybe even once everybody's arrived we chat for a bit... Um, that, and, the, and even once the game has started, there there are breaks while food arrives and things like that. And, and, and the same is if I'm running in a four, four hour slot at a convention, yeah, uh, people are still going to be you know, step, stepping out and going to the loo, and maybe maybe somebody will come around with food or things like that. It's it's a lower intensity experience face to face, which is odd. And and I, I find there there is a certain amount of actual game I want to get through. And I get through it faster in a uh, online session because that, because those other distractions aren't there. Uh, I, I'm I'm sitting more or less as I am now with just the screen in front of me and and a piece of paper to one side, which will be my character sheet or game notes or whatever. I I I don't find I I find the face to face 
is actually more intense when we're doing the role play because you are face to face and you are breathing each other's air, conspiring, breathe together. Yeah. And 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 there is a more natural connection. I suspect you can get more intellectual depth out of um, out of the online experience, more uh, more concept more concept going on. But um, may, maybe that maybe the sitting around and chatting and distracting yourselves is part of the necessary preparation for getting face to face. I don't know. Put it this way: give, given a choice between a face to face session and an online one, I'll still take the face to face one. Yeah, but I want it to come to me. Hmm. Okay, and last, last, um, the last role playing game I did was last Monday, and it's actually a demonstration. Of, I hope Daniel's not listening to this. Um, of of the of the expansion of distraction to fill all the gaming time available to uh, to you. It's a lovely group, and they and, and and I love playing with them. But Daniel doesn't crack the whip nearly often enough, and he he, he doesn't. He doesn't bring us back to to our our avowed purpose nearly often enough, and we wander all over the place. And timing and pressure is is a, is a thing. So on the whole, my last game, which was you know quite fun in its way, needed pacing, and um, I don't know what to do about that. You can't. I can't actually go up to an old friend and say, Daniel. Pull your finger out, for goodness sake. But, well... I shall track him down and force him to listen to this episode. Please don't. I'm, I'm feeling embarrassed enough that I've said this already. You know. What was the last game you were in? Um, I actually haven't haven't played for a bit because of uh, Worldcon and uh, such like. Um, but uh, the Infinite Cabal. Uh, we, we are early Hanoverian... Magicians under the aegis of Sir Isaac Newton. Yeah, and doesn't that man have a big aegis? Exploring the infinite worlds. Well, most mostly most of you spend our time on other worlds where, where um, if if he can see us, he's not talking. We found things to distract him, like working out the fundamental structure of the universe. Uh, that'll distract him for a little while. Uh, so that that's um, keep keeps him out of our hair. Well, well, we go off causing trouble. Currently climbing Mount Olympus, for good and sufficient reasons. They won't. They won't. They won't welcome you. You know. They'll, 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 they'll just say no mortals invited. Oh, there was a temple at the bottom where where, where they um, took our details in case we survived. <laughs> yeah, got, got to know whom, whom whom to write about in the heroic sagas. Well, quite. Um, did you have a different thought on last? Well, I, I, just, I tend to distinguish between latest and last, but I have no idea what my last game will be, and I probably won't know what my last game will be. It's like, like the thing said about flying. You know, a flying career never comes to a good end, because either you get into a plane and you know it's your last flight, or you get into a plane and you don't know it's your last flight. Well, I, I would hope that I, were, I, uh, that I, uh, that I would go you know, after the game was over, and, and you know, back, once I'm back home in my, my own comfy, uh, comfy bed. I mean... Uh, kicking it in the middle of the of the of the gaming session would be inconsiderate to the other players, to say the very least. Though good for a certain number of style points. 
Yeah, it, it would start legends. Actually, I suspect there must have been one or two people who've already kicked off at the gaming table, but um, they've not. I don't think, don't think I've heard of such. But Me either, but uh, you'd expect um, people do get excited whilst rolling dice, and some of us are uh, not in the best possible health. Um, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a sad sort of August for losing people. Uh, mm. And... Uh, uh, and I, I'm feeling a little bit uh, uh, elegiac, elegiac um, as a result, but um, never mind. Onward to the next thing. Um, and that, that was RPG a day, or well, slightly less than a day. We, uh, we, we, we may have gone into slightly more detail, but it is our custom. Lo- shorter prompts mean longer maunderings. Okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. Onward. <laughs>